Hello, and welcome back to That Sounds Like a Plan. There are two common mistakes I see when it comes to planning a fundraising event, and they're related. I'm going to explain them both and how to remedy these mistakes. This episode is jam-packed with information, but it also includes lots of freebies. So let's get started. Have you ever thrown together an impromptu dinner party? If you have, you know that there's lots of scrambling that happens. You're trying to clean your house, create a menu, shop, prepare food, decide what to wear. Heck, you might even try to figure out when you're going to fit in a shower. You got to set the table, pick your mood music. All of this is happening in a very short period of time, and it's stressful. This is one of the first mistakes I see nonprofits make. Not that they're throwing an impromptu dinner party. It's that they don't leave enough time to plan their event. It leads to all kinds of stress. Things getting rushed, teams getting burnt out, and the goals are impacted. The second mistake I see is not having a planning timeline, which can lead to things falling through the cracks. We're going to talk about both of these and how to prevent these mistakes. Not leaving enough time to plan your event. I wish I could tell you there was some magic number for how many months out you should start planning your event. Like most things in the event world, it depends. Generally speaking, you should start planning four to six months prior to your event. Sometimes you can get by with less, but most often you need more time. Here are five factors to determine if you need to add more time to plan your event. The first factor is the age of your event. Now, it's common sense that a brand new event is going to take longer to plan than an existing one, one that already has documented, repeatable processes and procedures in place. If your event is new, you can easily add two to six months to your planning timeline. Second is the type of event and event elements. Some events are easier and more straightforward to plan than others. A single day open house event at your office is going to be way easier than a multi-day conference with speakers and breakout sessions at the convention center across town. You also have to consider your event elements. Is an auction part of your event? If so, you're going to have to leave enough lead time to secure donations. If you're hosting an active event, such as a walk or run, you're going to need time to secure the necessary permits. You can get permits with a shorter turnaround time, but it will cost you extra. So don't take a hit to your budget for something that could easily be avoided. Third factor is your sponsor prospects. Your sponsor prospects should determine when you begin the sponsor pitch process. Most companies' fiscal year is the same as the calendar year. That means you should start pitching your sponsors at the beginning of the calendar year because most companies set their marketing budgets at the end of the previous year and will allocate those funds early in that next calendar year or your current calendar year. If your event is in November, for instance, and you wait till June to make your sponsor pitches, you're going to have a tougher time finding sponsors as they'll already have allocated those marketing and sponsorship funds. Some companies have fiscal years that don't align with the calendar, so you should make sure you research your sponsor prospects so you know those details. Next is the time of year of your event. Now, I'm in Minnesota, and spring and fall are the most popular seasons for fundraising events. If you're in another state or country, you might have a different time frame that's popular. If you're hosting an event during one of those popular fundraising seasons, you might need to book your venue, entertainment, caterer, and other vendors earlier than if you're planning an event in an off-season. 
If you're hosting your event during a popular season, at a minimum, you should book your venue as soon as you can. And then lastly is the numbers and experience level of your planning team. So did your planning team work on your event last year? Have they worked on any event before? How many people are on your team? The more people you have, the more opportunity to delegate. Divide and conquer, right? If you have the exact same team as last year, in theory, it should go a lot smoother and more quickly than if your team is new to your organization or has never worked on an event. If you have a newer, greener team or a very small team, you need to allow extra time for training or just to get those things done. Make sure you take these five factors into account when determining how far out you need to start planning your event. I'm going to go through them one more time real quickly. First is the age of your event. Is it brand new or one that you've hosted for a few years? Two, the type of event and event elements. How straightforward or complex is your event? Third is your sponsor prospects. Make sure you know their deadlines for submitting pitch decks. Fourth, the time of year of your event. Are you competing for vendors with other nonprofits or weddings in the busy season? And then lastly, your planning team. What level of experience are they bringing? Have they worked on your event? How many people are on your team? The second mistake I see is when nonprofits fail to have a planning timeline. It's fairly obvious, but if you don't know, a planning timeline is a detailed document that sets the milestones and deadlines for all the key event planning activities. It also includes who is responsible for each of those tasks so that nothing falls through the cracks. The best way to create an event planning timeline is to start with the date of your event and work backwards. For instance, if your event is on April 4, then you may want to close your registration on April 1. If registration is closed on April 1, you can back up and figure out when you want registration to open based on how long of a window you want to give people to register. Do you want to give them two weeks? Do you want to give them a month? Which then determines when you send your invitations. Backing up, then that determines when you send your save the date and so on that you just keep going until you've outlined all those key elements for the event. So the first step is to write down all of those event tasks along with their due dates. Next, you wanna go through and assign team members to those tasks. Creating an event timeline takes time, but it's one of those instances where you wanna spend more time on the front end because it's gonna save you lots of time and minimize your stress in the long run. One thing to keep in mind is that a planning timeline is a fluid document. Some deadlines will be hard deadlines and some are gonna change depending on the circumstances. If you've never created a planning timeline before, some of your deadlines and due dates, at least initially, are gonna be guesses or best case scenarios. For instance, when you create your timeline, you may not know your printer's deadline for submitting artwork for your signage three months down the road. So when you're initially making that timeline, you just put in a reasonable guess and then you can update it when you have a firm deadline. Once all the event tasks are written down and assigned, then it's time to share it with the rest of your team and then get to work carrying out those tasks. Now, there are many options for creating and sharing your event planning timeline. Because a timeline is dynamic, you wanna be able to share it in a way that your team can see any changes in real time. In the olden days, I used to create the timeline on an Excel spreadsheet and then I'd email it to the team. And if there was any update, I'd have to email the new version. It was cumbersome to say the least. Now you can simply use a Google spreadsheet or there are a variety of project management tools that you can use. 
The two most popular free tools are Asana and Trello. Trello is a Kanban-style tool. Kanban is a Japanese word that means visual signal. Trello is a very visual way to track your progress on a project. Personally, I use Asana. The Asana dashboard is not as visually interesting as Trello's, but I found that the features in Asana outweigh Trello's, especially when it comes to event management and event timelines. Asana also includes lots of options for setting up and tracking your progress based on your preferred style. You can view your project as a task list, looks like a to-do list, in a calendar view, or you can also do the Kanban or board style as you would in Trello. In Asana, you can also assign team members to the tasks that you set up in there. And once a team member is assigned to that task, as long as there is a due date on that task, that team member is going to get an email reminder before that task is due. Now, in full disclosure, I'm a referral partner for Asana. I will say, though, that the majority of small nonprofits can easily get by with the free plan. I'm not going to push you into a paid plan. In fact, I used Asana's free plan for years before upgrading. However, if you ever do decide to upgrade to a paid plan, I would love it if you used my referral link, which I'll give you at the end of the episode. Now, nonprofits get a 50% discount on any paid Asana plan, and that's not part of my partnership deal with them. That's just their regular discounted pricing for nonprofits. And again, I'm not pushing you into that, so enough on that. Just remember that creating an event timeline is not a simple task. It's going to take a while just to get your first draft completed. And as I mentioned, it's dynamic and fluid, so you'll be updating that timeline as you go along. It's not one of those tasks where you're like, Phew, glad that's done, because it's not done until the event is over. But it's a critical tool that can mean the difference between triumph or tragedy. I have found that I have to be in the right mindset before I can sit down and create a timeline. I have to set aside time in the morning, because that's when I'm at my peak mental capacity, and I have to eliminate all distractions. So find a time when you can really concentrate to create your timeline. Or who knows, maybe that's just me. So to recap, two common mistakes I see nonprofits make are not leaving enough time to plan their event, which adds lots of stress, leads to team burnout, and can impact your goals because things get rushed. The second is not having an event planning timeline. Without one, things can fall through the cracks, deadlines get missed, and again, this adds to stress and team burnout. Not to mention that it can make you look unprofessional. At the beginning of this episode, I said that it was jam-packed with information, but also included lots of freebies. So here they are. The first freebie is a Google spreadsheet template that you can use for creating an event planning timeline. The second is I have a quick video where I show you how to use a wall calendar and sticky notes to plan out what goes into your timeline. And this is what I do before I put anything into Asana. This is the method that I use. Third, I have a video that shows you some basics for using Trello. I do have a Trello account. I don't use it for event planning timelines. I'll show you how I use it. But hopefully, once you see some of these basics, if you prefer this style, um, you know, go ahead and use Trello for planning your event planning timeline. And then lastly, I have a video that shows you how I use Asana for creating and managing an event timeline. For today's action item, pick a freebie from today's episode. You can download the Google spreadsheet template, or you can watch one of the short videos. Heck, watch them all. Select which method you're going to use for creating an event timeline 
and put a date in your calendar to create it. Make sure you select a time when you're at peak mental capacity and have the least amount of distractions or other looming deadlines. Now, if you have an event coming up, you obviously have to get this planning timeline done sooner than later. Just make sure you're picking a time when you work best. Now, if you have any questions about creating a timeline, you can post them in the private Facebook group. You'll find today's show notes, the links to all the freebies, and the link to the Facebook group at thatsoundslikeaplan.net forward slash four for episode four. I really hope you got some great information today from this episode. An event planning timeline is such an important document to carrying out a successful event. So until next time, I will see you next week. Have a great day.